audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me again is Dr. Ryland Johnson. Uh, Dr. Johnson is board certified by the American Board of Foot and Ankle Surgery and Reconstructive Foot Surgery, as well as Reconstructive Rear Foot and Ankle Surgery. Am I missing something out of there, doctor, from last time? Did I cover? I, no. I don't want to miss anything. Because no, those are, yeah, those are my board certifications. These yeah. titles are always impressive, yeah. and I love to be able to <laughs> rattle them off. Uh, last podcast, we had you on talking about bunions and uh, lapoplasty, and, and that was a, a very fun conversation to have. And uh, I think if anybody's considering um, a surgery for a bunion, that's the way to go, and they should get in contact with you, you know, right away. Um, I think another uh, foot issue that a lot of people are familiar with, but I, what I was curious about this, doctor, is, is specifically how you know that this is plantar fasciitis. Okay, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Sure, sure. Because I'll get up in the morning and take a step, and maybe it's just like, oh, I'm older. <laughs> that's right. why this hurts. Right. Okay, um, but let's really quick. Uh, what 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 is plantar uh, fasciitis? Right. Well, you know, I, I guess it, I think it makes sense to talk about what what is the plantar fascia first. Yes. Right? There we go. So you know, the plantar fascia really is this kind of more of a, su- a supportive structural role in the foot. Okay. And it's you know it's not a tendon. It's not it's not a ligament. It's really is kind of a band of tissue that helps support the architecture of the foot. And in a non weight bearing capacity, the fascia is loose. It doesn't have any strain. But as you bear weight on it, it becomes more biomechanically and in, in, you know there's more tension placed on it. So it really is an overuse injury based on activity, even weight bearing. So, um, you know, so a lot of times when patients are, you know, start a new exercise regime or maybe kind of do something slightly out of character that they're not used to, the, the plantar fascia can be strained kind of like a tendon can, okay. uh, but the plantar fascia can be strained. Now, the plantar fascia insertion and the greatest amount of stress is always at the heel. So a lot of times plantar fasciitis is described as heel pain. And so patients will come and say, I've got this heel pain or I've got this heel bruise. This is tenderness on the bottom of the heel, not the back. That's more Achilles tendon territory, but the bottom of the heel. Uh, and, and that's usually plantar fasciitis. I usually tell patients, if you have plantar heel pain or heel pain at the bottom of the heel, we almost have to prove it's not plantar fasciitis. Oh, really? Okay. Because it's so common. That was so going to be my question. It must be so many people must experience this then. So why, yeah. why doesn't it, you know, we, if we need our feet to get around. Right. We're constantly on our feet. Sometimes we don't make good decisions with our exercise or our shoes or things right. like this. Right. Um, why doesn't it seem to happen to everybody? It seems like it would. It seems like that tissue would be just the most overworked tissue right. in the body. And I, and I guess it, it does happen a lot. You know, I think a lot of times we tend to live lifestyles that are different than what we used to. You know, I, I think a lot of us are sedentary a great, mm-hmm. a great yeah. bit of the time, and then we decide to be active. And I think those abrupt changes in activity are sometimes hard for our foot to make those accommodations for. You know, we can sit at a desk all week long, and then on the weekend comes, I'm going to go play basketball, right? Right. Now, that sounds like a good idea, but your foot might disagree, okay? And so a lot of times your foot is not conditioned for that. It's just not used to it. And so you can can take your body off guard if it's not conditioned for that level of activity with some regularity. And so, yeah, you can strain your plantar fascia. 
And one of the things that patients, you know, sometimes you don't always feel it when it happens. What happens is you'll get up the next morning and, oh, you know, there's that heel pain. So um, is it generally something that happens in the morning? Is that I think in early often? stages, you know, it is oftentimes pain after a period of rest. We call that post-static dyskinesia. And that's usually when you kind of get up after a period of rest. It can be first thing in the morning or maybe after lunch when you sit down for a bit. And what happens is the fascia kind of tends to contract and develop some inflammation. When you get up, now all of a sudden the fascia is back in a mechanical stressed state. And that's when you feel the strain. So what, what position does it does it rest best in on your foot? What, what position feels normal for it? Well, it you know, weight-bearing. I think okay. it is intended to be weight-bearing. And so that's a lot of times when you're sitting, it's not. Right. right? You're in a seated position or you're sleeping at night. There's The fascia doesn't have any strain on it whatsoever. And then if it is strained, it'll contract. It'll actually contract and develop some inflammation. So, I mean, a lot of things we do to address plantar fasciitis conservatively is to stretch it. Um, I really focus on a lot of stretching activities and tell patients, you know, continue with these stretches. You know, whether it's that, that weekend warrior thing yeah. where we're catching the fascia off guard. You know, if we kind of get some consistent stretching in the intro between those levels of activity, a lot of times the fascia can be a little bit more conditioned and ready for those abrupt changes in activity. So it's 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 on it's on on the heel, mm-hmm. kind of on the bottom. You said, yep. is it just is it like little tears, like micro tears? Is that is that well, what you're feeling? I think or? I think it can. Okay. I, you know, initially it can just be inflammation. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I think in the early stages of plantar fasciitis, it is just it's just insertional inflammation, of which. You can resolve with time. Um, if it becomes more chronic, you can have micro tears in the plantar fascia. And in those types of situations, you know, the, the fascia can become not just acutely inflamed, but also degenerative. You know, and I tend to reference that as more fasciosis than fasciitis. It's just it's where the fascia, if you were to ultrasound or do an MRI, you'll actually see thickening of the fascia and fluid within the fascia. And that is actually you're seeing some of those micro tears and some of the edema within the within the tissue. Prognosis on those is, is more difficult. Yeah. Uh, because now you've the anatomy has changed some and you're not just dealing with a, a acute bout of inflammation that, you know, that that can resolve very quickly. Now these things now there's some chronic changes in, involved. Can it can it tear completely? It can. Uh, it can. <laughs> I can't yeah, imagine that. A plantar fascial yeah. rupture is definitely possible. Sure. Um, unusual. It's a very robust structure. It really is. It's a very, very, very solid structure. They don't tear easily. Okay. Now, we talked about bunions being um, hereditary, in mm-hmm. a sense, correct? Right. Is this too? Can this be? Is it you common? You know, I, don't, I, I find it more consistent with certain foot types. Okay. okay? Um, you know, a higher arch foot or a more of a pronated flat foot deformity, those types of feet will have greater strain or hypermobility on the fascia. So I think sometimes your foot type may predispose you to having more plantar fascial strain, which can then create some inflammation. Okay. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily kind of like a bunion where, you know, you're going to get just, you know, you can see that in young children. Right. Even, you know, like a juvenile hallux valgus. So is this, uh, when it comes to, what's worse, uh, a flat-footed person or the high arch for this sort of thing? And can you explain those really quick, just the difference between those two? Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, if a really high arch foot, we call pes cavus. I mean, those tend to, um, you can still have quite a bit of plantar fascial strain with that type of foot. Um, you know, a lot of times the, the fascia is almost bowstrung on those types of feet where it's really tight. Um, whereas if your foot drops, okay, gravity kind of takes place. You get this pronation where the arch drops. And uh, you can imagine the fascia also can have strain. Sure. Um, so um, I think I think the strain on the pronation pronated foot type is more mechanical, where I think strain on the higher arch foot type is probably more just 
it, it more, you know, if there was a hereditary component to it, I see that in those high arch feet. They're, those structures just genetically tight. Okay. Like, like in a high arch foot. And you talked a lot about uh, one way that you kind of alleviate this is is stretching, that that yeah. plays a very important role in this. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are What other mechanics or, 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 right. or things for your shoes or feet or whatever yeah. help? So when I see somebody that comes and sees me for plantar fasciitis, I always kind of begin what I kind of call tier one of treatment, okay? One is kind of explaining explaining the condition mm-hmm. and, and letting them know the plantar fascia is, is it's a cry for help, okay? So <laughs> so what we need to do is provide some help. And so, you know, we, we stretch. This, you know, the, the fascia is tight. It has strain on it. We need to stretch it out real well. And I go on some plantar fascial stretches, on calf stretches, ankle stretching type techniques. Another way we can provide help is with shoe gear, okay? Mm-hmm. And so you can have shoes that participate more than others. So I usually try to go towards more of a stability shoe, a shoe that's going to absorb energy through gait instead of transfer it. So you want a more of a stable shoe, a little bit of a rocker four-foot stable shoe. Um, and, and a lot of that, and most of these are athletic shoes or running shoes. Those are the shoes that are meant for kind of repetitive, high-impact, mm-hmm. high-velocity. Those shoes can handle a lot of mechanical stress when you're using them right and so a good stable shoe will also help the foot and then it's an arch support and orthotic okay and so can we can we reduce stress off the foot by you know you know independent of the shoe and you know that's kind of helping the the plantar fascia with its job the job as a mechanic the plantar fascia's job is mechanical so if we can get an orthotic and under that foot we can provide that supplemental uh, reduction of stress you know through through, yeah. through an insole Boy, what an, I mean, the more I think about this, you said it's, you know, that, that it's, it's not a muscle, it's not a tendon, mm-hmm. it's a tissue. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it seems like a fascinating, really fascinating part of your body. Uh, and, and the fact that you, how often is surgery necessary for something like this? Does it have to be really bad, I would yeah, assume? Yeah, usually surgery is reserved for the people who have had this a long time, where we definitely are, know this is not an acute problem. This is a chronic degenerative fasciosis, you know, where if we were to do an MRI, we'd see fascial thickening and degeneration and might be even some, even some micro tears within the fascia. Then how do you fix that then in a surgery? Well, there's a couple options. You know, traditionally we would do plantar, partial plantar fasciotomies. And what that basically would imply is that if you have a structure that has a lot of strain on it, you can release some of that strain by cutting a portion of the fascia, okay? And that had been the kind of the standard for a very long time. And I still do that procedure on some foot types that I think the fascia is really tight, like a, a pes cavus foot. Okay. Uh, Wait, what arch. is that? What is Sorry, it? or a high arch foot. A high arch. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So we, we know the fascia is just bow strong. It's just tight, 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 tight. I think those, a little release can kind of go a long ways. Okay. Um, you don't want to, you got to be kind of careful with release just because the fascia does have a biomechanical purpose in the mm-hmm. foot. It's never a complete release. It's enough to kind of alleviate some strain, but leave enough for biomechanical function. Um, what we're doing kind of now also, or in addition to, or uh, depending on what's going on, is we'll try to debride the fascia, okay? So if we, lick, if we realize the fascia is degenerative, a lot of bad tissue, uh, we want to get some of that bad tissue out. And so we'll actually do a debridement of that. And there's a couple ways we've done that over the years. I do a, a procedure called 10X right now, which, oh, is, yes. a, which mm-hmm. is actually an ultrasound-guided ultrasound guided debridement of the plantar fascia. So, that was used a lot for tendons, wasn't it? Is yeah. that procedure used, but it can work for this... 
for fascia Weird as tissue well. in yeah. your foot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the fascia is kind of like a tendon. Okay. You know, it's it, it, mechanically it's slightly different, but I think the, yeah. the general idea is very is similar enough that we can use that same kind of modality. Okay. So, yeah, I use Tenex for a, a debridement. It's a small incision. It's percutaneous. We can kind of identify the diseased tissue on ultrasound, and we can debride it. We can debride the diseased tissue from the area. A lot of times I'll follow up with that with what we call a, a PRP injection, which is platelet-rich plasma. So when the, after the debridement, we'll, I'll, I will oftentimes spin some of the patient's blood, take the platelet layer, and then inject that oh, into wow. the debrided area to help as a catalyst for healing of the debridement. Okay. Uh, now, this is for people that uh, have just have never been, have tried everything else and the pain never goes right, away. Right. What, what is the pain like on this? I'm pretty sure I've never had this. Yeah. But is it, is it, pr- I mean, it's enough to just drive you a little crazy? Well, I think, you know, early on, a lot of times it's first step pain in the morning. I yeah. mean, it's sore in the morning and then you can kind of walk it off and do all right. And then you might go to lunch and kind of have, have that increased pain again. Um, as you have it longer, we're talking months, mm-hmm. years even, a lot of times when I'm seeing patients for these surgical debridements, They've had plantar fasciitis for three, four years. Okay, and at that point in time, the first step pain in the morning is no longer. They just kind of hurt all the time. Yeah, and of course they can hurt more with activity because you're just walking and stressing this diseased tissue. Um, So it it can change over time. You know, the 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 acute plantar fasciitis is different than the chronic plantar fasciosis. So they they do kind of morph and change as the disease process and the tissue increases in severity. But this seems like something that if, if you pay a little bit of attention to your feet at all and you 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 do some stretches mm-hmm. you know uh you're you're just careful with the shoes that you wear that this could be something that you never experience as long as you pay enough attention to your feet maybe yeah I, I, yeah yeah it's a good question it is a good question yeah. i i've had a i had one bout of plantar fasciitis once upon a time oh really okay um and i i, I always say i kind of stretch my i stretch my way out of it yeah you know, and i i find if i it really is a flexibility thing and that's why i really focus on stretching because that that's addressing the problem at its root i mean so, it's tension right? outside of that stress. yeah then what what else do you recommend outside of stretching well, yeah, the, the shoes insoles. Okay. You know, I, I do. I, we do a lot of orthotics. I, I think orthotics are very powerful in reducing plantar fascial strain. I mean, you have a nice custom orthotic built. You are supporting the foot so the plantar fascia doesn't have to be working so hard. That'd be my next question. I mean, over-the-counter type inserts? It's, I think it's a good start. You okay. Know, it's a good start. I would recommend that you kind of go to more of an athletic Mm-hmm. store to purchase those oh, okay. um, because you know the this really soft foam gel things like that are nice and soft and cushiony but i always say a marshmallow is cushiony but it's not supportive right <laughs> dang it so, they are so, so comfortable <laughs> right yeah so it's, you know cushiony is not always support there's a difference okay. and what we need you know, to do is not just find something that's cushiony because that's like i said a marshmallow is not supportive right. so you do want to find something that's kind of semi-rigid and then the trick is is trying to find something that matches your foot okay because ah, everybody's got a different foot and like every Every, you know, every arch support in a box is going to be the same. Right. So, you know, which one matches your foot? Which one is going to is going to work well with your foot structure? It may not be the one that your friend likes. Yeah. It'll be something completely different. And that's where a lot of times custom orthotics are helpful because we can ensure that you're getting the, the appropriate fit. Even left versus right, if there's subtle changes, it'll pick up on that. Okay. Uh, the thickness of the polymers based on your body weight, everything about it is based on you. And so you can dial that in. And the longevity of a custom orthotic. I have custom orthotics that I use still today from back when I was in residency back in like 2005. Oh, wow. So, so they last a while. They, yeah, yeah. They can, you know, if, if they're made of a nice hard polymer plastic and they're they're structurally supportive. Sure. They will last a very long time. Um, do you have any, I might wrap it up this way. Do you have any 
things that you just absolutely shouldn't do or you see people because again you can get on social media and i was watching a guy and maybe you i'd love to ask you this question he uh he said here's how you fix plantar fasciitis so he takes a spoon and he rubbed lotion on the bottom of his feet. And he said, you don't use the, 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 the curved part of the spoon. You use the edge. And you just scrape it up your right. feet right. until you feel the bumps. And then you work those out. And you do it. And he said, It'll, you'll feel great. Yeah. Is there any merit to something like that? Well, I think there is. Really? It, okay. Well, I, I, th- I think soft tissue manipulation can increase blood flow. And, ah, and so that's okay. what that is. Uh, you know, and so, you know, a lot of times I'll send patients to physical therapy. Okay. Mm-hmm. You send that for fasciitis, tendonitis. And therapists oftentimes will work on stretching. Uh, they'll also do ultrasound and deep tissue massage and even, you know, really oh, sure. get in there and manipulate the tissue. What that's doing is 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 bringing attention to the location. It's, it's telling your body to, hey, let's, let's pay attention to this spot. Because blood flow to the, these structures are poor. Okay. okay. You, I mean, you can cut the fashion, it does not bleed. You know, blood flow to these structures are poor. And so by bringing attention to that, either with an ultrasound, deep tissue massage, you're, 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 you're increasing blood flow. You're oh, so in, then yeah. it's all good, really. I mean, there's, in that sense. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, then that's why, you know, part of the stretching we talk about, you yeah. know, I even tell patients to, you know, grab a tennis ball or a racquetball and roll it under your arch. There's merit to that. Sure. It's, it's a deep tissue massage. It's going to bring attention. It's going to increase blood flow. It can stretch the fascia. All those things are positive. Have you ever seen anything that you just roll your eyes at and you're like, don't do that? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. You ever come well, across things like that? Well, you know, I, I think a lot of things have some merit. You sure. Know, it's just a matter of, of, of trying to oversell it, I think, <laughs> yeah, you know, unfortunately. You're right. So, but, yeah, you could, but, yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of it is, is, is I think, you know, if you're, you know, I think a lot of times patients will get plantar fasciitis when they are doing something that their feet are not accustomed to doing. And that's really part of it. I mean, if we were, if we all walked five miles all the time, right. you know, five miles wouldn't be a big deal. But when you sit all week and then on the weekend you hit it, it's that weekend warrior mentality that kind of gets you and you're going to catch your foot off guard. Excellent. And I think that's where, where, that's where, you know, stretching is very important because you can kind of fill in the gaps a little bit and gain that flexibility. So your foot is ready for what you're the activity of which you're going to be participating and you mentioned calf stretching in there too is that does that play a well, little part in it or is I that would, just kind of go with the whole no it kind of goes with the whole thing okay yeah, the calf muscle achilles tendon plantar fascia they're all in cahoots with one another got it and okay. really if you have a tight calf muscle and you don't have enough dorsiflexion of your ankle if your calf is really tight you will have plantar fascial strain yeah, really? Yeah. So when, you, when you're walking, if your ankle can't come up, your weight is distributing your weight forward and your ankle oh. is tight, your plantar fascia will have increased strain. And so they're all biomechanically very much together. Okay. And so when we stretch the plantar fascia, we are stretching the Achilles tendon and the, and the calf muscle as well. Okay. Um, because biomechanically, like I said, it's hard to differentiate them. Okay. So yeah, if you're going to get up this weekend and go do something, stretch. Get a nice uh, orthopedic in there if you need one. Yeah, wear Um, appropriate shoes for the activity. Don't don't wear the cute shoes if you're going to go hiking. (laughs) Or as I'm hearing, (laughs) just don't exercise as much, and then I don't have to worry about this. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Dr. Ryland Johnson uh, from Monument Health. Again, thank you for coming in and talking about this. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Home Slice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquist, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.